Welcome back to Fish Fridays, a special Lent <laughs> mini series brought to you by My Seminary Life. I'm your host, Brandon Knight, and I'm so excited to have you all come back with me. You know, we're nearing the end here of Fish Fridays. We got uh, one more Friday to go after this episode, but uh, we have a good conversation in store today. Uh, the topic today is Lutheran Lent. Because mm. there is uh, there's this idea out there that Lent is that Catholic Church thing, and we're going to explore that today. And of course, if it's Lutheran Lent, there's only one very specific Lutheran person I know that could come have this conversation with, Pastor Will Rose. Welcome back to the show. Yay! Yay! The crowd goes wild. All <laughs> there those, we go. All those introvert Lutherans are standing up out of their seat, um, not clapping very loud. That's that's what it is. It's because um, they got their. This, they can't clap very loud because they got their beer in their hand. That's beer in one hand, a hymnal in the other. Where, how, how are you gonna? How are you gonna clap? Um, so, Pastor Will, you are a. Uh, you are a parish pastor at Holy Trinity Lutheran Church. For those who have not heard you. Actually, you were very recently on the show talking mm -hmm. about uh, pandemic matters. And right. uh, we're going to talk today not about pandemic, but we're going to talk Lent. So yeah. let's just let's just start with that really obvious question. Um, I thought Lent was a Catholic thing. And if I know my <laughs> church history very well, Lutherans, they're not that Catholic. If anything... This whole Reformation thing is kind of your fault. So, like, what's going on here? Why, why does the the Lutheran Church uh, observe Lent? Uh, that's a, that's a good one. That's funny. All this is our fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. And and there is there is a rich um, history there. Um, and and you would think like it's like Lutherans and Catholics could like they're the ones. They're the original like Reformation fight it out. Uh, um, uh, confrontation, the big split, the schism in the 1500s. And so, mm -hmm. of course, they would not be um, anything alike. They couldn't be more different, right? Well, we're actually a lot alike. Um, okay. Mar Martin Luther um, was an Augustinian monk. And so when the Reformation was was undertaking, he, he didn't necessarily want to break away from the church. He didn't want to start mm -hmm. a, a new church. He basically what put up these like 95 statements, the th 95 theses, these 95 uh, tweets uh, that got <laughs> him canceled uh, by the Roman Catholic Church. So he first, you know, being a campus pastor, being a theologian, a philosopher, uh, a theologian himself, a, a biblical scholar, he, he, he saw some things that were in the Bible that didn't match up with church tradition and vice versa and said, hey, I, I we need to talk about this. And yeah, he was a, a very brash um probably cussed a lot, drank too much German like monk. And so he, he, he did his mouth. He, he had a mouth on him. And, and so probably he wasn't the most tactful person. So he put up this statement, passive aggressive statement against the church, or, you know, let's have a debate of what's going on. Um, when it comes to like scripture and tradition, specifically indulgences and like mm. paying your way out of purgatory. Um, and, mm. and so he really just focused in on that, that, that the nature of forgiveness, the nature of redemption, who's really doing the work here. Are we doing the work or are we paying for it? Do we have to do things to earn God's favor? That, that was kind of like his, his main thing, which relates to Lent. That's why I'm telling the story. Um, okay. doing, okay. doing something to like earn God's favor. Um, and, and, 
while he was, he's like, I have no intention to, to break away or, do, or, or create a new church. The church, he realized the church had been going on for 1500 years before he even like mm-hmm. read Romans in light of the, tr- of, of what was going on in, in his, his church or tradition that day. Um, so when, when he did, when he was excommunicated, when he was canceled, when he was kicked out, he was mm-hmm. like, I'm not starting over. Um, there are sacraments that I want to continue to, uh, express. There are certain symbols of the church, um, that, um, are, are, are helpful for people in their piety. There are ways mm-hmm. of worship, the liturgy, um, um, those things, he said, I'm not going to start over. I'm not throwing the baby out with the baptismal water kind of thing. <laughs> so, so, and the church seasons was a big part of that as well. So he didn't like get rid of all the church seasons, the seasons mm. of Advent, Christmas, Epiphany, then Lent, um, then Easter and Pentecost. Um, mm-hmm. He didn't get rid of those seasonal or the the seasons that wrapped kind of the the lectionary assigned readings for the day and and the big holidays. Yeah, he there were still reformation uh, re- reforms being made in terms of um, devotion to the saints and uh, mm. other other things. He built he boiled down the sacraments from seven to two communion and holy uh, com- holy communion and baptism uh, mm-hmm. but he didn't do away with the church seasons of the church here so lent what continued to be a part of um the tradition of lutheranism leading up to today so you could go okay. into a catholic church and say oh they're in the season of epiphany or lent right now and they're wearing like white robes and they have the color purple for the season of lent you go to a lutheran mm-hmm. church oh Oh my gosh, they're in white robes with purple um, uh, decorations, and they're in the sure. season of Lent too. So, so there we kind of move it alongside one another when it comes to that. So, uh, we still celebrate the season of Lent, which is that um, I'm sure you guys have talked about it. You talked about the those forty days of preparation leading up to mm-hmm. the celebration of of Easter, on which our faith and the whole liturgical season hinges on that particular feast day. Okay, and that that does explain also how then when you get from Lutherans to other liturgical denominations that they also would have this in their mm-hmm. uh, yeah. in their worship in their uh, rhythm of worship because they're s- sticking with the church calendar. So that it makes it all the more interesting to me then that Lent has always been identified as that Catholic Church thing because. Mm-hmm. Then, for the most part, most of Christian Christianity's de- denominations actually do this. It's really like the Baptists, the Pentecostals, the non-denominational who put aside the church calendar for just their own rhythm, I guess. Right. But uh, um, and I find it, it is known as Catholic because if you go to a Catholic church, they keep Jesus on the cross, like in terms of mm-hmm. like the crucifix is a very central symbol for the Roman Catholic tradition. Sacrifice, okay. the sacrifice of the mass. Uh, there's a lot of talk of, um, 
you know, the, the passion of Jesus, him dying on the cross. You go into an Episcopal, a Lutheran, a Presbyterian Methodist church will have crosses up, but they won't have Jesus on it. And, and mm-hmm. that was one of Luther's move was he was like, look, Jesus mm. ra- is raised from the dead. It's a symbol of God's victory. Why are we keeping him on the cross? And he saw it mm. as more of like a, as a way to kind of keep the man down and saying, you're just reminding me that I killed Jesus. You're making me feel guilty. He's really risen from the dead. Um, and, and <laughs> you're using this as, as, like, you know, like a, a visual trauma to keep me from that's, that's, that might be a little too flippant, but somewhat Luther was like, look, I'm, I'm horrified by this and I'm moved mm-hmm. by it. And it's the gospel, but we can take Jesus off the cross because he rose from the dead. But Catholics are the one who are like, nope, he sacrificed. Let's, let's look at this. Let's not forget what he did on mm-hmm. the cross. And, and so that is a deep part of their tradition. And Lent focuses more on sacrifice the crucifixion of Jesus, uh, a very somber season, talking about sacrifice, talking about uh, the passion of Jesus leading to, to the, so so um, Catholics lean into that season more probably than others. Um, now, my grandma, staunch Lutheran, she she was Lutheran, uh, loved the church seasons, all that stuff. But there were mm-hmm. things that we were doing in church that uh, were emerging where she would look at it and say, Oh my gosh, don't do that. That's way too Catholic. Like I remember some people cross it, crossing themselves, which crossing yourselves, you're basically um, the piety behind that or thought of like remembering your baptism, remembering that mm-hmm. you're marked with the cross of Christ forever, that one day you'll be raised from the dead. I use it in my own piety after I take communion or if I mm-hmm. dip my finger in water for baptism, I, I cross myself. But my, I remember my grandma seeing me doing that and was like, that's too Catholic. That's Catholic. Don't do that. Um, she thought Good Friday was was like way way too Catholic. Or, really? Or, you know, yeah. She was like, she's like, you know, it's it's a part of things, but if we take it way too much, the reason, you know, that day is, you know, um, a day when you focus on the crucifixion and, and Catholics mm-hmm. really lean hard into that. She went against mm-hmm. it and went. She said you couldn't have Easter without Good Friday, and she would sometimes mm-hmm. even ironically get mad that there were not as many people at Good Friday than there were on Easter. But but the things mm-hmm. around Good Friday, she just it made her comfortable because that's what the Catholics in her hometown made a big deal about. Um, Interesting. So anyway, there, there's some differences there, but but yeah, Lutherans still embrace that liturgical season and rhythm mm-hmm. and Lent is a, is a big part of that getting ready for Easter. And you said a little bit earlier, I was going to ask you, so what is it? And you said earlier, uh, Lent is that 40 day period of preparation for Easter. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. A lot goes into that preparation process. Fasting is a big part of the preparation process. Do you encourage your congregation to fast? Is that part of the Lutheran way or is that, is that too Catholic? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, we definitely, we, we talk about as the disciplines of Lent. Um, and mm-hmm. so fasting, prayer, gifts of charity, okay. uh, devotions um, are the disciplines of Lent that are this kind of intentional sense of discipleship to get us ready to create a new habit uh, mm. of, of spirituality and by the time you get to Easter, you're like, boom, um, I'm ready for Easter. And so fasting, yeah, a lot of the stereotype is like, what are you giving up for Lent? I'm giving up chocolate. Mm-hmm. I'm giving up applesauce. I'm giving up pizza, you know, whatever. Sure. Um, giving up beer or whatever. Um, and then, you know, some people think of it as um, like, you know, just kind of a spiritual diet plan uh, to to get ready for Easter. And so I personally like, yeah, that's kind of the stereotype, stereotypical things that people kind of think of. But I do encourage like, look, this isn't like 
a liturgical diet plan. Think of something that's going to help you focus on your own faith and the story of Jesus that you want to focus in on. So if giving up chocolate uh, leads you to think about and pray deeper about uh, our cravings or, um, Mm -hmm. you know, um, indulging in things that you shouldn't or, or overindulging on things or uh, not being distracted by too, too much, um, sweetness, you should do more. I don't know. I, if, if <laughs> okay. it, whatever you want to take that, like, like sure. if that's going to help you cool. Um, so, so there's other people who have taken things on, like they've said, well, I'm going to write more handwritten notes to friends, or I'm going to do, um, hmm. a, a deeper devotional, or I'll memorize scripture, or I'll drink more water, remember my baptism, that, that kind of hmm. stuff. So people, those kind of disciplines of Lent is what we lean into. And, and yeah, so, the, the actual date of Easter is a movable date on the calendar, depending on, mm-hmm. I, I think the equation is like the first full moon after the Passover or the third month, I don't know, some, some equation yeah. Yeah, that I, that this movable. <laughs> and so, so when Lent starts is movable because it's always backed up from, from Easter. And so mm-hmm. Lent starts on Ash Wednesday, um, uh, a Wednesday when we gather and, mark our foreheads with ashes and say, remember that you're dust and to dust you shall return. Um, it's in the shape of a cross to remind you it's not just a kind of a morbid, you're going to die, but it's in a particular shape that okay. someone died for you. Um, so that when you get to Easter, you can see that that death was conquered. So that's kind of the central message on Ash Wednesday that launches the season. And then you count 40 days from there. And you also notice that if you if you count from Ash Wednesday to Easter, there's some extra days in there. I think it comes to like 46, 47. Yeah, 46. Yeah, because the Sundays um, are not of Lent, they're in Lent. So every Sunday is a mini feast day or celebration um, where you can relax your fast. So say you gave up um, alcohol for for mm-hmm. Lent. Perhaps on Sunday, you might be able to relax your fast in the afternoon, have a glass of wine or, or, or beer and say, you know, cheers to the risen Lord and then start your <laughs> fast again on, on Monday. Some people find that hard because they f- see that cheating. They just want to go all the way through. That's fine. Sure. Um, but, but Sundays you're allowed to relax the fast a little bit if you gave up something. I always like recording with you because you're always like hitting my marks before I can actually like ask you the question. So I'm going to back up a little bit here. Sure. So so for when it comes to the fasting, that is an element of your Lent preparation, but maybe not necessarily the main focus. Like you said, stereotypically, right. that that's the conversation of what are you giving up for Lent with what it sounds like what you're saying is that the focus is maybe less on what are you giving up, but how is that going to, what you're giving up is going to translate into how you're pursuing the Lord or serving others. Mm-hmm. Is that yep. okay? That's yeah. about right. Yeah. Acts of charity, acts mm-hmm. of service, um, and, and prayer and fasting all are kind of those disciplines mm-hmm. getting you ready for, for the, um, Easter. Yeah. 100%. And, and this year for me, you know, I've been, uh, observing Lent as part of my rhythm uh, since college. So it's been about 10 years now. And this is the first time the uh, acts of charity or almsgiving, as they call it in the Catholic Church, um, mm-hmm. that this is the first time that that part has really like stood out to me. Um, nice. Because what's cool about Lent, and I talked about this in previous episodes, is that uh, like a big factor of this season is taking taking it off of yourself, you know, 
taking your eyes off of yourself through fasting and prayer, taking your eyes back to God, but also that service element makes you look beyond yourself to other people as well. So this has been something that's been on my mind throughout this season of how is what I am giving up? How is that going to influence how I'm serving others? How is, you know, so I'm, I'm excited to see we're recording this early. Actually, this is one of the last episodes, but it's actually Mardi Gras as we're recording it. Um, (laughs) um, So I'm, I'm excited to see how this is going to, play out throughout this season any advice for that at all yeah i think you know like anytime you're on a journey or a hike you know you you kind of prepare along the way you pack a water bottle you um Mm -hmm. pack some snacks you you stretch out a little bit and there's times when you're like ah you're walking you're on the journey you're on the hike and you're like i'm getting a little fatigued i i need to take a little break um but but you get ready for it and you kind of it's it's a long enduring thing and it's not something like i'm just going to do this i'm going to pray tomorrow and that's it or i'm just going to give donate online to this charity mm-hmm. and and that's it it's, it's a 40 day uh thing and so um actually the passage on that we that the lectionary um has for ash wednesday is the passage from matthew in the sermon on the mount when jesus says when you pray this is how you pray. When mm, you fast, okay. don't look dismal uh, and and mess up your hair and and look like you're um, you know struggling for your neighbor. Don't make it. Don't mm. make a show of your fasting, but rather you know comb your hair, put oil in your face, look look like you're you're doing well because this is between you and God. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like when you fast, when you pray, uh, when you give, you know, don't make a noisy. Uh, thing about it um you know mm-hmm. so so jesus's intention there in the sermon mount is like don't be showy like the really religious people that are around them of the day um mm-hmm. do do it in a way that is between you and the lord and the that intention behind it so i always like to point out to the congregation it's not like if you prat fast mm-hmm. if you pray if you give off jesus says when he says when okay. you do these things. So I, I always point that every Ash Wednesday. I'm like, yeah, you know, he's not saying if. Um, he says mm-hmm. when. So it's, that's an expectation of discipleship. He just shifts, shifts the focus a little bit to say, don't let's not make this a show. Um, let's let this between you and God in a way that that you grow deeper in your relationship with God that will translate in your relationship with others. So going from the um the spiritual discipline aspect of Lent and now moving into kind of the preparation aspect is Mardi Gras slash fat Tuesday. Is that part of the Lutheran preparation or is that just, yeah, yeah. That's a great question. It's not necessarily on the liturgical calendar. It's not, if you look in, you look on the seasons in the church here is, it's not there. Fat Tuesday, Mardi Gras is not on the calendar. Now, where this tradition comes back from is on the Tuesday night before Ash Wednesday. If you were going to give up um, the Orthodox fast, for instance, um, mm-hmm. Eastern Orthodox gives up oil and butter and flour and meats. And uh, you really kind of, but if you, all those things are in your cupboard, uh, or, or you in your pantry on Tuesday night and you got to give it up on Wednesday, then either you're going to be tempting to eat or it's going to go bad. So what you do is you kind of have a blowout party and get mm-hmm. rid of all the stuff that's in your cupboard, the flour, the sugar, the oils, the butter, get, get rid of it. And so Tuesday night became that night of like, let's party and make the biggest cake and make the biggest, <laughs> uh, do, do a lot of baking. And, and that's why pancakes and sausage 
And the Shrove Tuesday, the Fat Tuesday, Mardi Gras is a big party on Tuesday night because you're getting ready to have a season of kind of a downer season of fasting <laughs> and not being as joyous and not drinking or eating as much. So, so Tuesday night, you might as well blow it out and have a big party before you start on Wednesday. So this is an interesting regional difference. So pancakes is a big deal. Yeah. In your... Okay, that's interesting. Well, so, it, it kind of has been like it. You, okay, the, I mean, what would people make? I'm just thinking way back in the day, hundreds of years ago. Like, if you well, have a bunch of flour to get rid of, you you make you make something like that, and then down this way, yeah, pancakes is is a part of that. Uh, so, in uh, my area and other midwestern areas that it with a high Polish concentration, mm-hmm. we have this thing called punchkis. Do you okay. know? What, have you seen? I've you know heard what that it, is? but I necessarily okay. know what it is. Think like jelly-filled donut. Okay. Ah, nice. You go yeah, to yeah. you go mm-hmm. to Dunkin' Donuts and you get a, a jelly-filled donut. It's kind of like that. And it's like you're saying of, you know, you have to use up the flour, the oil. There you the traditional ones had like um uh rose jam or prune jam, you know, like so you're getting your mm-hmm. jams, you know, using that all up <laughs> and Around here, grocery stores, like you said, uh, the start date, Ash Wednesday, moves because of how Easter moves. But uh, like stores around here, mid-January, will already be carrying these big old jelly donuts. So so it's interesting. <laughs> pancakes. Okay. Yeah. Pancakes. I don't know if I've ever seen anyone do pancakes around here. It's usually punchkis. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like my, my wife, she, her, what she's been doing for a long time since we're down in Florida, she, um, the church down the road, um, you know, she needed a place to kind of grow spiritual without me being her pastor. So when we were down in Florida, she started attending a, a Greek Orthodox church and, hmm. um, going to some of their, some of their, um, events and Bible studies and adopted this kind of Orthodox fast, which is like, almost like veganism for Lent. Yes. Um, yeah. And they give up everything. They relax the fast a little bit on, on Sundays. She's kind of taken that on. It's a big discipline for her. And, and so she, um, you know, she's doing that again uh, this year. Wow. And okay. uh, she, uh, you know, tonight she went to there. I couldn't go to the church, but she went to, because of, you know, my, my, my virus, but she, um, she went to the church, got some pancakes. She's, we're going to bust out like an old pastry that we are kept frozen because we knew mm. it was coming. We're going to hold on to it for, for that. So she, she likes to dig out the cupboards and, um, okay. and, and partake in some of those things before the, the fast starts on, on Ash Wednesday. Do you do fish fries on Friday? That is a Catholic thing. Um, that is and, a Catholic thing. Okay. And, and that is not something that Lutherans do now. Um, and, and the reason, the same way that every Sunday is like an Easter, um, mm-hmm. is celebrated like a, a mini Easter, um, mm-hmm. Catholics have always seen as every Friday as a good Friday. So their tradition mm-hmm. was they gave up meat on, on Friday. It was a part of their, right. part of their, um, fasting tradition every week and that was not a part of so so fish was something that they always ate um and probably i don't know if they still do it but that was something that my grandma would say that 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 is what uh catholics did she was that is a Wisconsin. very catholic okay yeah. yeah that's also very popular in my area mm-hmm. is uh mm-hmm. the fish fries 
Um, yeah. Usually there's a Slovak club right up the road from me and they have, not only do they ha- do like fish and fries and shrimp and stuff, but uh, pierogies, you can get pierogies while you're yeah. there as nice. well, which is great. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how well that would do you for your fast, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so one thing that I have not been able to experience for myself yet is an Ash Wednesday service because yeah. growing up Baptist, non-denominational church world, Good Friday, Easter, obviously is a part of the rhythm of church, mm-hmm. but with this whole season not being a part of the Baptist church world, Ash Wednesday falls through the cracks. So what is what is this Ash Wednesday that I hear so much about? Yeah, it is it is the liturgy and worship service that kicks off Lent. So if you count mm-hmm. back from Easter Sunday, uh, the 40 days of Lent, not counting um, the Sundays, then it'll land mm-hmm. on a win- it'll land on a Wednesday. And so mm-hmm. that becomes Ash Wednesday. And it really is, it's that um, notion that, you know, from, from Genesis, uh, we were created out of dust and life was brought into us through through uh, the Holy Spirit breathing life into the to the ground, um, Adam, and then um, and then when the curse was, he's like to there's that verse, you know, since you, now that you will die, uh, you will return to the earth. From the earth you came, the earth you'll go. From ashes mm-hmm. to ashes, dust to dust, that kind of thing. And so on Ash Wednesday to mark this season of preparation is to acknowledge our mortality and to know okay. that we are going to die, that we're finite creatures, we're sinful fallen creatures. And so you gather, it is a very weird liturgical service. I, I also share in my neighbors like, y'all, I know this is weird. If someone came mm-hmm. off the street, an alien landed and we're smearing, you know, dirt, <laughs> dirt on each other's foreheads going, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to die. It just sounds very goth and morbid. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But but really it's the most honest of our litur- liturgies. Yeah, hmm. we gather on Sunday and we have confession and forgiveness and and we sing hymns and and we do communion and we acknowledge that we're we all far short and we're in need of the gospel. But but this one is when we really like I look at my parishioner in their face and go, You're gonna die one day. Mm-hmm. And so embrace your mortality. And it's hard to do because, you know, some of them you're going to mm-hmm. probably bury. Some of the kids in the um, mm-hmm. in the congregation, you're putting ashes on their forehead saying, yeah, this kid's going to die one day. So I put him on my own kids. You're like, wow. Um, so it's very powerful in a sense that for one of the, at least one of the days in the liturgical year, we're being really honest with each other that we're, we're mortal beings. Hmm. And so, uh, but then the move is, um, yeah, it's in the shape of a cross to acknowledge mm-hmm. that we're heading to, we're following Jesus to the cross where he defeats death and rises again so that um, death will no longer have uh, a stronghold on who we are in our identity and, and, and our ultimate destiny. So, so that's the move of that service. Um, so, so there's hope within it, but it is a little mm-hmm. more morbid, but it also is to really kind of like shake you out of complacency, get ready for Lent, mm-hmm. let's move, move down um, with this, this walk with Jesus to, to his cross. This definitely is not a light season. This is a very heavy season. Yeah. Right. We're, we're giving up things. We're thinking beyond ourselves. We're going through either literal hunger pains or existential hunger pains of not being able to 
mm. play mm. play vi- play video games or whatever. Um, yeah. you know, <laughs> we're going to Good Friday, which is not a very cheerful occasion either as we, you know, reflect on the reality of Christ crucified. So it's a very and it sounds like it starts on a very goth note, as you said earlier, of yeah. this almost like a stoicism of accepting your the fact that you were going to die one day. And yep. what I had read about Ash Wednesday, because again, I have not really experienced this for myself, is that there's a big emphasis on repentance. Now I don't know, maybe that's more of a Catholic church thing, but mm-hmm. it sounds like with you with at least within the Lutheran church, this is a very like this is a very heavy day, a very like right in your face. Hey, death is basically inevitable. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody's going to experience. Um, and, and it's one of those things where, yeah, repentance is one of the disciplines of Lent that's in that list. Mm. Like we have this liturgical like saying before we do the ashes, you know, this is the mm. disciplines of Lent, repentance and fasting and prayer. So that that's in there. Okay. So, so that is that if you, if you see repentance as an about face of, of doing a U-turn of turn around and head in a different mm-hmm. direction, you know, are there, like you said, there's real hunger pains and there's existential hunger pains. And so turning away from the things that we think is going to fill us to the one who says, I am the bread of life and I'm here to give you life abundantly and to fill you up. um, That's Mm -hmm. what are we chasing after in life? And so Lent is that time to reflect on that, that intentional time. And that's why I I love this season because it just gives me a chance to be more intentional with my own spirituality and also the uh, um, urging and challenging my parishioners to, to do the same. And yeah, it's like, it is weird. It's countercultural. You know, it, mm-hmm. I just went to the, the drug store today and, and the, the shelves are packed with Easter candy. We haven't even started Ash Wednesday yet. And it's like, there's <laughs> chocolate crosses. There was a chocolate cross. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Um, like, um, it, it, <laughs> I, and, and it, uh, so, so like, I get it like that. It's easier to celebrate Easter and it's easier mm-hmm. to have an Easter egg hunt and to have candy than it is to like focus on the darker things. And, and people deal with a lot of scary and dark things in their world. Some people, you don't need to remind them that death is reality because of what they wrestle with. So sure. um, my privileged position, um, uh, is that I, I don't get to think about it as much, but there's others who, who face it every day. And so you have to lean as, as hard every day is a lift. Every day is Nash Wednesday for them. So they, sure, they need yeah. to hear good news of Easter, but, but the, you know, the set apart, the church knew and it was pretty smart. You needed this time before the big celebration of Easter to do some preparation. But, you know, um, psychologists will say, how long does it take to create a new habit? Is it 20 days, 30 days? I think uh, so. It's like 20, 20 to 30 days, like a month. Yeah. So, so if you want to create some new habits and get rid of something, you want to quit something, you want to you create a new habit of, of um, prayer or devotion. So why not spend 40 days doing it? And mm-hmm. then when Easter gets here, uh, you keep doing what you're doing. Maybe you won't eat as much fast food or be as much mm-hmm. on social media if that's what you give up for Lent because you realize you don't need it. And there's other things you can do with your, with your time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but I have I have experienced that in my own mm-hmm. walk of I've given up certain things in the past and that has created new habits that either when I'm able to partake in whatever it was I gave up, now there's like either a better balance or I have the power to choose over because none of these things that we've talked about is inherently bad. 
we all like pancakes. Right. Pa- pancakes are great. <laughs> but, <laughs> but if you're giving up pancakes for Lent, don't feel like you never have to take them back up. Right. But hopefully during this season, you've had your it's kind of like a, an alignment. When you know, when you mm-hmm. go to get your car worked on, you get an alignment check. Like mm-hmm. That's that's mm-hmm. kind of what this is. At least that's mm-hmm. what I take it as. Yeah, one hundred percent. Are there any other big differences or similarities that you would like to touch on as we start wrapping up this episode? Yeah, I mean, I think um, everybody has our favorite holiday. Everybody has our favorite season, and and you're not going to see like in the Hallmark star store, you know. I, Lent cards or happy Lent um, gifts or, you know, <laughs> Lent chocolates. The front, of the, car, the front of the card is happy Lent inside. You are dust. Like what you else would it say? That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like I joke that during Advent, like having a John the Baptist uh, card instead of a Christmas card. And it has him on there the front go. going, um, you brood of vipers. You open it up and it says happy Advent. Uh, you know, you so, <laughs> similar, similar to Lynn. It's like happy Lynn. You open it up. It's like, you're going to die. Um, so so you, <laughs> you won't, you won't see, there's no capitalistic, um, uh, urge or urgency to try to capitalize mm-hmm. on the markability of, of Lent because it's just not. And and that's why I think it's, it's uh, well, I'm attracted to it because it is countercultural. It is kind of subversive. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something that you kind of go against the grain to get ready for something um, pretty important in, in your faith and, and really the, the history of, of the universe. So um, yeah, I, that's why I lean into it. I, I, you know, yeah, it's the night before and my, getting um COVID again and having to stay away from church this week has kind of thrown my Lent upside down. So maybe I'm giving up Ash Wednesday for, um, for Lent this year. <laughs> um, and, uh, but I have to, re- I have to kind of think about what am I, I'm, I'm still not clear what I'm going to do. It's kind of thrown me off. It might be, um, I, I do like the 22nd Psalm. Um, it's a hmm. longer Psalm, but that's the one that okay. you know, the first verse is what Jesus quotes that from the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then it moves, hmm. um, with this prophecy of, of crucifixion and suffering and the end, it, it announces that those in the dust will, will announce that God is, is, is sovereign. So there's this movement to resurrection. So it's really, Jesus mm-hmm. knew what he was doing when you know, he was literally suffering from the cross, but he also was probably singing and chanting his favorite hymn. And, hmm. and I, I, and I think I may this year try to memorize Psalm 22, maybe by I have 40 days to, to memorize a pretty long passage of scripture. So we'll there we see. go. There yeah. we go. Maybe I'll take that up too. Again, we're yeah. recording this ahead of time. So maybe I'll take that up too. Like I said, this is the first year that that acts of charity element is really sticking out to me. So nice. I'm giving up uh, for this season. I'm giving up certain certain types of uh, content that I consume, whether it's certain mm. podcasts or certain YouTube channels, just to try and like um, free up the airspace a little bit in my household. Yeah. Yeah. Usually yeah. there's always noise going on, so try to kind of live mm. in the live in the silence a little bit more. Oh, um, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't do well with that. So it's gonna be a mm-hmm. stretch. And uh you know, if I'm not distracted by the TV, I can look more at my son and play with him. So yeah. Yeah, we'll in that silence, memorize Psalm twenty two. Yeah, if you do it and there I do go. it, then we can hold each other accountable by the time we get to the end and see there we go. See see what, what, what happened. We can check in with each other. How you doing on Psalm twenty two? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> when this episode does actually come out, we'll have to for sure be like, Okay, where are you at? <laughs> Hopefully we <Yep>. didn't forget. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Well, Pastor Will, I have appreciated you taking time. Well, you are sick. My son is yeah. really chattering out there. I apologize to. Oh, I love it. It's, it's music to my uh, ears. I love it. I love it. I love kids. It's it's bedtime. If you, mm-hmm. that's what all that is, that is, I do not want to go to bed. But mm-hmm. thanks again. Um, you know, you're not feeling great. So the fact that you were like, "Hey, I'm up for it. Let's go ahead and do this." So I appreciate you. And uh, if for you listeners at home, thanks as always for listening. And if you would like to see a Lutheran Lent. Sunday service. We'll put a link in the description for Pastor Will's church. They're on YouTube. You can watch and follow along with their uh, Lent season, what they're going to be talking about. Also, uh, we'll have a link in there for Systematic Geekology, Will's biggest hobby, uh, well, outside of surfing, of course, to uh, get together and talk about geek stuff. Have you seen Ant-Man yet? I have. I have. Was it good? I, I haven't seen it yet. I, I really liked it. I just did an episode okay. today on systematic ecology um, okay. talking about it. So so it's probably already out there uh, by the time this comes out. So hop over there and listen to, to my review. I, I really liked it. Like the okay. plot, the story, the, the story beats aren't anything you haven't seen before in a sci-fi okay. or comic book movie. But the big new villain, the universe they create opens up mm. the door to phase five, I think, in a fun way. I went in thinking I'm going to okay. have a good time and I... I did have a good time. And so, okay. um, it, no spoilers, but, but if you like sci-fi, you like comic book movies, don't, it's not going to win any Oscars, you know? I mean, look, sure. look, it's not going to sure. get the attention of a lot of movies, but I had fun and there were some moments good. in there that were really, really, really cool. Nice. I mean, Paul Rudd, he doesn't miss. And, and it's got full Bill Paul. Murray. It's f- yeah. It's full. Um, Full Paul, Paul Rudd. Rudd. Yeah. Nice. Like his charming, his, his comedy, his, his chance to kind of like connect with his daughter and be kind of touching and moving. Like, yeah, he, em- okay. he embraces his whole persona in, in this movie. And it's, it was good. Nice. Yeah. And well, I did not know that Bill Murray was in it. That was not uh, something. Oh, you didn't know that, that was coming. Okay. Yeah. And so when I, when he showed up on screen, I was like, heck yeah, heck yeah, this nice. is, this is good. I was, I was very, very pleased. Nice. Yeah, I think it's like one trailer and he's like in it for like two seconds. Just yeah, we I, went to the movies with my parents back around Christmas time and the trailer played. And as soon that two second clip, my mom goes, hey, <laughs> that was like the whole reason she wants to see it. Right. Yep. Oh, she loves Bill Murray. Who doesn't, though? <laughs> <laughs> All right. OK, uh, doing the wrap up. Yes, that's where I'm at. So, yeah, systematic ecology. Holy Trinity Lutheran Church. Check the link in the or check the description for links for that and for the My Seminary Life shop and website. And more than likely, there also is a link in there for a GoFundMe to help uh, with conference expenses for me to be able to go be a part of the Every Tribe Denomination and Tongue Conference, which Will is supposed to be at as well. So come hang out mm-hmm, with us mm-hmm. if you're in the Charlotte area and please consider donating as well. So much to say during a wrap up. Wrap ups are the worst sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again, Will, for being here. Thank you, listeners. As always. As always. And uh, hey, listeners at home, remember theology is best served with a side of coleslaw. See you next time. Mm-hmm.